You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Have we finally hit rock bottom, or is there a deeper path to the earth's crust with the philadelphia flyers let's talk about it all right now this is the orange and back check podcast with bill kornfeld and scott weinhardt it is episode 102 of orange and back check glad you're still listening to us hope you're still listening to us i mean this team the flyers as claude drew said have hit rock bottom after a six to three loss to the Buffalo Sabres, um, I mean, the 11-game losing streak. You're, you've done two 10-plus game win streaks, or losing streaks, sorry. I'm getting too uh, positive for some reason. Two-plus losing streaks in a span of 40 games. Now 41 games with this 11th game win streak. So you're halfway through the season. You've had two losing streaks of 10-plus games, and you're continuing to say the same mantras over and over again. we got to be better. We feel like we're lackluster. When something bad happens, it really bad happens. We're not getting the bounces. Like, how much longer can this go on, Scott, before heads roll? Listen, I think they're really close to turning this thing around and going to the Easter Conference <laughs> Final. I mean, that's the prediction I had at the beginning of the season, right? It's got to come true. No, no, no. I, it, listen, I, this, has been, this has been a really difficult, like, week overall to watch the Flyers. So you and I had a chance to go to the Flyers-Rangers game last yep. Saturday. And I've never seen so many Rangers fans in that building in the Wells Fargo Center. Yeah, and it's it not, was absolutely embarrassing. I think it's the 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 classic like it's not the amount of Rangers fans; it's the lack of Flyers fans that are at the arena at this point. I mean, there Correct. were maybe I went to not just I went to the Columbus game on Tuesday night or Wednesday Thursday night. I guess that was uh, instead uh, as well. I mean, in addition and like. There were maybe 1,500 people there, maybe, yeah. and that's yeah. a Thursday night. So, like, and and there, it's no secret, like, Rangers fans have, in division games, always draw a crowd, especially with the Metropolitan and how um, geographically friendly it is for the teams, Washington, Pittsburgh, all of that, right. the Rangers, Islanders, all of that. Like when when you get them in the fa- in the in the stands, it it creates a fun atmosphere, it creates right. a little banter, that kind of thing, right. but. I mean, to your like the the team has completely lost their fan base, it seems. And when you get that, you, you, it just seems like the Rangers fans take over or the Washington fans in a couple of weeks when they play like that's that's the point where we're at. Like, I think the, the organization is more happy that butts are in seats no matter who it is huh. rather than who. Yeah. Rather than who it is like, listen, it's just, 
As long as the seats, butts are in seats, they're not going to care. They don't care if they're wearing orange, black, yep. blue, red, you know, whatever. As, as long as the only color that they're seeing right now is green, they don't care. They do not care about any other color except green. And, and it's, it's frustrating because, you know, I remember sitting there and when, when uh, Zibanejad scored that first goal on the power play, dude, that place exploded. And I'm telling you, like, it, ex- it was loud. Like, it scared the – like, you, I, like she jumped. I was like, whoa. Like, yeah. I know we were next to some Ranger fans, but that <clears throat> I didn't expect it to be that loud. And I think it's disturbing because you're having it where they've shifted this business model. And I don't even want to get in the hockey, op- or ho- hockey side of it yet. They've shifted this business model to make it a hangout spot on a Saturday night, yet nobody's interested because the product sucks. And even yeah. when they were interested, the product, it still wasn't that they don't, they don't know, care. It's, it's frustrating. It's, it's not- frustrating. And you know, it's funny. Cause like the only quote unquote hangout spot, it seems is the assembly room, which is $25 a ticket. You're up in the rafters, yeah. basically yeah. revolutionary you row. You don't have the greatest view of the ice, but like even, even to get the seats that we wanted or we had, or even the upper level that that we that I'm accommodated to or used to in the 200 level, like that's that's a five that, that could go up to a $500 night yeah. for the average family of four, yeah. if yeah. not more, with parking, food, tickets, and all that. So you're outpricing your consumer to be that hangout spot, and you're also not putting a good product on the ice. So it's a lose lose. You're not going to get yeah. the crowd that you want, and you get results like you did on Saturday night in the Rangers or on on Thursday night in Columbus. And it's only going to get worse. It's yeah. only getting worse the and, and, longer and this streak goes. This is the thing. I look at the you look around at the Columbus game, and they reported an attendance of fifteen thousand three hundred fifty nine. There's I, no I, way. Yeah, they probably do it by tickets sold because they do it by Buffalo. tickets sold, and and yeah. that is a very common practice in in today's NHL. Correct in, in sports, like that's not. That's not exclusive. And like, hey, it, that's fine. But you can't hide the, away from the, what people see on television that are watching, right. that well, are in the Buffalo. stands like me. Like, it, it's it's crazy. Buffalo was even worse. It seemed. Yeah, I they, think there were like 9,264 in attendance. And you could tell yesterday it was bad. It was bad. Yeah. And still, they blew the doors off the flyers. I mean, it's just, it, it's insane to me how far, how how bad this team has gotten, like, yeah, You know, you talk, we talked at the beginning of the season. I really looked at this team on paper. I'm like, this is a really solid lineup. This is a team that if they stay healthy, that's what happens. But now you're, you, Ryan else is not coming back. It doesn't seem, uh, Sean Couturier is an LTIR now. Kevin Hayes is hurt. Just they're down two. They're going to shut They're like, it's like for the core muscle injuries that Kevin Hayes has endured in the off season with the surgery recovery, and then clearly playing hurt up until when he went back on to drain fluid or whatever it was around his core, which was they, they didn't call it his core, but they, it was his core. Like right. that's all you needed to know. And right. it's just like, just shut him down. Like yeah, it, nobody, nobody, everyone that you have on long-term contract, Ryan Ellis or extended contract, I should say, not Ryan Ellis, uh, Kevin Hayes, Ron, Sean Couturier, all the Carter Hart. Like there's no point in putting these guys back out on the ice. Like even, even as for as well as the, the goalies have played, like the goalies, have, as we've discussed, have been the bright spot for this team. They've played pretty well, all things considered. You're starting to see their shoulder slump. You're starting to see their shoulder slump. Martin Jones looked like crap uh, against Buffalo, obviously. Yesterday. And so it's bad. just one of those things where, again, it's only going to get worse. And now you're, you're facing, you're two months away from the trade deadline on March 21st. No discussions have been discussed between the the franchise 
and Drew or Drew to the franchise of waiving that trade, no trade clause. I mean, that that discussion has to happen. It, it has to happen at this point because they're going nowhere. They're, they're the obscene record. I think they, I think it was COC uh, or maybe Anthony of Crossing Broad that that put they have to convert 80 percent or better of their remaining points on the board to even sniff the playoffs. Right. That's not happening. No. So this season's over. So you have to have these tough conversations with pending free agents and guys like Ivan Provorov. Like Ivan Provorov is a pretty penny to a team like Edmonton or a team like uh, like Detroit. Like there are teams out there, LA, Vancouver, somebody, just anybody has to be able to look at these teams and say, we can make something out of this. What do the Flyers want and need from us? That's what Chuck Fletcher has to start phoning phone calls. And I'm sure he has, but it's got to ramp up. I think the, the idea, though, is that before you even do those moves, you have to kind of see where you're going to go next year. Are you are you doing a total, you know, tear down or, and rebuild? Are you doing that? I mean, listen, when you trade a significant piece like Claude Giroux, which it will happen, like every we, we said at the beginning of the season, this is probably Giroux's last season in a flower uniform. They've talked about situations where, you know, like Elliot Freeman said, that's something where he would come back in the offseason and, and deal with it then. I don't think that's going to happen. I think you're going to go and you're going to have to really retool him. Then it's because now here's the issue is that think back to the 06, 07 season, because we're in that territory again. We're, we're probably looking at the worst franchise record in history here. If you go back and you look at 06, 07, they didn't trade Peter Forsberg until like a week or two before the deadline. So that was one of those deals there, but they got a lot for them. They got a first round draft pick. Uh, they got Scotty Upshaw. They got Ryan Parent, who I thought that they thought was going to be decent, but he, you know, turned out to be a bust. Um, they those deals come later on. They're not like last minute two fifty eight on trade deadline day. You know, they're not those types of deals, but they they take time to build because you need to get teams in kind of a bidding war. Because listen, if you're going to trade a cornerstone piece like Claude Giroux and re the retool rebuild this franchise, you've got to get maximum value for that. For that, so you really got to look at teams and say, okay. Who's got the cap room to handle this? Okay. What assets they had that we can get in return? Do they have a good draft position? Do they have good prospects? Because I'm looking at this deal with Claude Giroux, and you're going to need at least an NHL ready player, a, a first round draft pick, and a prospect at minimum. Yeah. yeah. And you need no, to get that in right. return. You have no choice. You have no choice. And considering that he's put himself in a really good position to do that because of how yep. well he's played this I was going to say, and he's helping you with right. how well he's played. And that's top line minutes. Imagine what he'll do with lower minutes. Like yeah. he's, you know, because generally like think about it this way, teams are going to go after him. are going to use him more on the third line. Kind of like the Flyers did when they went on that run in 2009, 2010. That's when he was used for back then. And he was very productive. That's what you're going to need to claw your roof for. That now, or me, move him back to the wing. Let me ask you this. Cause I think this has been a debate that has been simmering. I don't think it's like really come about uh, on social media platforms just yet, but it certainly will as we get closer to the deadline. Are there, no-go teams, i.e. in-division teams that you would say, no, we're not trading Claude to the Rangers, to the Islanders. Well, the Islanders are a crap teams, so they're not going to do anything. But the, these on-the-edge teams, are you concerned that Claude will then be traded to an in-division and then you're, 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 you're facing your, fran- your best franchise player for the last 15 years, 20 no. years, uh, and it's over? No, I don't think it matters. I don't think you, if you, I, you trade him to Boston, it doesn't matter. You trade him to the Rangers, it doesn't matter. They're in positions where they're going to do well. And, I, and chances are that teams like that 
are generally upwards towards the top end of the cap. They're going to have a little more or less flexibility of being able to sign him in the offseason. Um, you know, and even if that's the case, like, you know, he's a good player and he's a very, very valued player, but you know, players move on like, yeah, they, you know, they, that's what happens. So, um, he'll be, he'll listen, he's going to be 35 next season. You know, he's on the very back end of his career. So it doesn't matter where he goes. But he's still he's not playing top-notch hockey. Like, yes, like you said, right. he's in a contract hockey. here. So I don't blame yeah, him one bit for true. doing that, but at some point that's going to start tailing off. And when it will, it will sure. quickly. And it's not yeah. anything against him. It's just, Nobody beats time. So, look, you know, I use Danny Briere as a great example. He scored the most goals he did in his career in 2010, 2011. And 11-12, he really took a step back. And at 12-13, he was done. So, like, it was uh, that, you know, he he couldn't play top-line minutes after that season, after the lockout-shortened season. So, that's why the Flyers bought him out. He went and he hopped around in Montreal, then Colorado, and he was out of the league two seasons after that. When When some guys like that go down, they go down quickly. And I hope it doesn't happen to Claude Giroux. But to go back to your point, it doesn't matter where. Because if he does go to a rival, it's, it, you're probably not going to see the same production as consistently. Because also, he's going to be getting less minutes, most likely. Unless they move him to the wing. Because the team's going to look at him as a center, not as a wing, as the Flyers have been using him. Until now, with being down centers, they have to move him back to the middle. So, um, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. You need to get maximum value for this. But the kicker is is that he's got a no-movement clause. So Claude's got control of where he wants to go. So, oh, you know, it, it, yeah. it depends on where he went. If it's going to be Calgary, who's been talked about. I was going to say, I been talked about, you know. Because he has that no-move clause and he has to present the, the team, the Flyers, with a list, like here are seven teams, go make a deal for them. Um, and that's fine. I think that, like, I, I that hinders the Flyers to a point. But also, at the same time, it's still – by design, it can create a bidding war that you're referring to. You, if you put Calgary, uh, the Kings, like all these good teams that are up there and you go, these are the guys that I want to play for. You could create a bidding war just by that, especially because, again, play, teams, don't, the, the GMs around the league aren't looking at the Flyers as they're looking at the team as a bad team but they're also looking at the team as they have some good prospects here and good players that we could use like right. Ivan Provorov, Martin Jones, and Claude Giroux. I think that, and Ristolainen, I think those four players will be moved. I think those are the top four players and we'll get into it as we get, get closer to the trade line. But like Sanheim's been ruined remove as well. Sanheim too. I, I mean, at this point, everyone is on the board. Oh on yeah. The chopping block, except for again, long-term guys, Kevin Hayes, uh, Sean Couturier, Martin, or excuse me, uh, Sean, um, uh, Carter. Carter Hart, and like even Farabee, I would say. I wouldn't move Farabee. I think he's exciting. Yeah, but why I'd is he move Konechny over him. Move Konechny. Okay, but yeah, but both of those guys aren't untouchable at this point. Like, are there other than the, the players that I just mentioned? Are and they're barely untouchable. The only reason they're untouchable is because their contract. You could make the Carter Hart contract uh trade friendly in a matter of of just salary retention it's not it's but like all of these guys have to be on the deadline or on the on the chopping block in some sort of consideration you can say no to all of the teams but there's there's got to be you got to have something listen i i look at this is I look at this as a, it, it, yes, it depends, but it also depends on where you're, you're not going to blow up the entire roster. If that's the case. There's some clearly who guys who are underperforming 
Travis Konechny in that contract I complained about last year. Yes, I complained about it because his power play numbers stink, and he's still not producing on the power play. Yeah. Travis he's not producing at all, it seems, anymore. No, he's not. And I think that Travis, it's part of the problem is he doesn't have anybody to play with chemistry-wise. I think he needs a change of scenery at this point. So yeah. I think I'd be in favor of a, of a Travis Konechny deal. But I think that, yes, some of these deals are going to have to be made probably in the offseason. I think the one they're really going to focus on right now is that easy ones to move are the expiring contracts like Claude Giroux, Rasmus Ristolainen, Martin right. Jones. They're all gone in my eyes by the deadline. They're all gone. I'd be surprised if they – they Rasmus is probably in that that zone where it's either they want to re-up him like they did Lawton last year or get rid of him depending on when it goes, when it goes down. Especially because for what Justin Braun's up. another one they're probably going to probably move as well for some depth. Yeah. So Especially I for, keep Ristolainen, but, you know, that's I, me. I don't know. Like, it, it, I, I think you're – like, it feels like we're hindering that we have to – we have this mindset of, we have to keep Ristolainen because of what we gave up to get him in Buff- from Buffalo. You gave up Robert Haig and, and, and a draft pick. And, and it's like, I get it, but you also got to see what you can get in return for that. Like yeah, you but said. Also, but also, if you're going to give up on Sanheim at that point, then you can't just deplete your – you don't have yeah. enough. You, you don't have enough. Like, you're, you're, you expect Ryan Ellis to come back probably, I would say, next season. You have Cam York, who's been pretty good so far. What are you doing with Provorov? What are you doing with Sanheim? What do you do? So that's that's what they need to figure out first. Where they Cam York go has, has shined. I mean, Cam York has looked really good. Yeah, we saw season. his first goal in person. It was yeah. awesome. I, I mean, Cam York is playing like a guy that's playing with something to prove, and he's proving it. He he yeah. was he is he is NHL ready, and I think he was just kind of a a, a victim of of, of depth because of what Chuck Fletcher decided to do last off season with revamping the blue blue line with Robert uh, or excuse me, with, with Ryan Ellis and Ristolainen and, and the, and, and obviously Justin Braun still hanging around like right. these veterans kind of just kind of pushed Cam York out despite he looked good from what I remember last season when it was a disaster and the team looked okay uh, with him in the lineup. Um, but this season, I think he's taken that extra step where he, He's clearly an NHL player. He has no need to go back. Yeah. In the NHL. No, no, I, I, I agree. And when the season's lost, like it is at this point, I mean, look, they're not coming back. They're not even close to coming back. They're going to yeah. be, they're going to be, they're going to be getting for probably in a top five draft pick. It, it, that's, that's where this season We're at is at this heading. point. Yeah. I mean, right. they're at this point and in a weak draft year too. It's back to the Nolan Patrick years. Exactly yeah. what it is. Who's you the know? big guy, Shane Wright or Steven. Yeah. Wright? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the top prospect. I'm at the point where I'm going to start looking at tape uh, of the yeah. uh, the OHL and the and the all the junior leagues and just see who's out there. I mean, I'm not going to go into depth like some of these scouts. Like I'll I'll leave that work for them. We'll get them yeah. on the podcast to talk about what they're looking at for this year's draft. But I mean the the top guys. I I'm at the point where I'm going to start looking at them because yeah. I have no choice. I have no other choice. Exactly. There's no, no, there's no, I have no fun watching this team anymore. Like it it, it was last year felt weird because of the COVID stuff. And you just kind of went through the motions and you gave, that was a built-in excuse this year. Yeah. You can say the, the, the lack of health on this team, Ryan Ellis, as we've talked about time and time again, I mean, Sean Couturier, um, uh, Kevin Hayes all out again. It, the health is de- completely diminished and blew up on their face uh, for this roster. And that's one of the reasons. Like, you're dealing with a roster that's four or five guys a night that are not NHL ready. Right. Mayhew, right like, right. all of these guys. Jackson Cates. Like, yeah. You know. They're not ready for the NHL. They're AHL players, and they're just up here because of health problems. And sadly, 
part of me thinks that might be a built-in excuse for this roster again. Yeah. I, look, they can you can convince me uh, the 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 lead, or the team can say we're sticking with Chuck Fletcher because we think he has a good gate blueprint for what that needs to be done on this roster, but we 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 know changes need to be made. My concern is they're going to come out and not they're going to skip the latter part of what I just said. We're sticking with Chuck Fletcher, but we don't think much needs to be improved because of the health. If we get these guys healthy, we're a contender. It's like, no, we can't wait around for that. Get no. new guys in, get fresh blood, tear it down. And if you think Chuck Fletcher's the guy, I don't think he is personally. But if you think he is, I will give him a chance right now. But I, I, I just I don't know what the mindset is of the upper brass of the of this organization is well probably not in the best interest of fans you think that no, i mean yeah. listen i think if you're considering how much people have been vocal about the way the business operations have ran how people have been vocal about the displeasure of where the um where the team has gone and you know on, on the all nice product this year Again, I can't go back and blame Chuck Fletcher for this. I think he took whatever he could and retooled this team the best he can. I think he kind of wouldn't say fumbled the Vigneault situation, but I think that probably didn't come from him. Um, I think you look at this as that I think it's really Brian Roberts and the, the, the brass up at Comcast who really need to say, hey, look, you know, they're the ones who at this point need to make the changes because, listen, Dave Scott, Valerie Camillo, they're not going to change anything they're doing. They're not going to get rid of Chuck Fletcher at this point. They're just going to say, yep. oh, yeah, they'll, they'll look at the same exact situation and say, oh, if we're healthy, that's the case. Yep. But I think you're talking about a franchise right now that probably needs real significant changes. And you can either do that one or two ways. You can either blow the whole damn thing up and really rebuild and trade away all of your pieces to go get assets. And then you're in the business like Arizona or, or Buffalo has been for the last decade. Yes. And However, really go that I, they're, route. They're, they're, you're right. But the, the difference is in Buffalo has been a disaster for the better part of a decade. I mean, look yeah. at the disaster. With Jack made Eichel. the playoffs since 2011. Yep. I mean, Jack Eichel is, has been a disaster. It's been, as you said, 10 years, uh, who's now in Vegas and going to get neck surgery. Um, but he's got to be That team's going to be good. Arizona is just is just a team like like Shane Gossister is out there. They, they tried to build around Shane Doan back back then. Uh, for the and they made the conference final, and they I think did, twice. But, but it didn't. It, it, they never. They kind of just slipped in. If I remember, like they didn't slip in, but they just they were there. But they never felt like true contenders. If that makes sense, like they were. Yeah, it, they were good. They were outmatched team. as soon as they got there. Yeah, like when they against the Kings, they were outmatched. 100%. Yeah. but like. So, I, I look at what, but here's the thing though, is that yes, they did build around Shane Doan. Now they'd have Jacob Chikrin, who's probably going to move. They have lost a Kraus. They have, um, they have some good, they have some decent younger guys that Shane Gosses bears played like, okay for them offensively, defensively, still the same yeah. guy. So, I mean, but and, their, was... and their goaltender, uh, Carl Vimelka is actually pretty solid watching yeah. him play. He's a good goaltender. So they have pieces out there, but they're, they're still, they're trying to build from the ground up. That's what you're going to be looking at. You're going to be looking at a team like Arizona, if you're really trying to build the ground up, but there's also another option. I mean, there's rumors that there's a very unhappy player in, in uh, what's it called? In, in, in Alberta. So yeah. I, I listen, you're, you're talking Lindros part two, but if there's a way you could throw some of these pieces and go get Connor McDavid, any deal is going to center around Carter Hart. We're at the point now in the season where we're saying, look, if that's real, because Edmonton's near the bottom of their division, amazingly. Yeah. And, they, and honestly, and but the, the thing is, the, the, the difference that I, I look, 
anybody with half a brain knows that Connor McDavid has to be on your roster. If that opportunity presents itself, you have to be, you have to make something of an offer. The problem is in my eyes, that is an offer that happens, or that is a move that only happens in the off season. That is not a mid move at the trade down line that we're talking about. That's why I don't think the flyers are are ever going to be, they can try and be in contention for that kind of a deal, but what they have to do now is they're, like you said, with the expiring contracts, they have too many expiring contracts on the books that they have to make a move in the next two months uh, compared to in the offseason. And you're just not going to have enough between now and the offseason when the inevitable real rumors, and when we hear from Elliot Friedman and TSN and ESPN and and all All these head honchos that that the Connor McDavid era in in Edmonton is over, like he's going to end up, sadly, he's going to end up somewhere in the Metro that you don't want him in like that. It depends though. It or depends. in the Atlantic and like somewhere in Boston. Here's, like here's that's the where issue. I see it. Well, here's the issue. And that's, that's actually not a bad thing for the league at all. It's not, no, it's, a, it's, it's not a bad it's, thing it's for not. the league. It's a horrible thing for the fan base of the Philadelphia Flyers. I disagree. I disagree completely because that, that means, yes, 100%. That means you're going to see your economy, McDavid in your building instead of once a year, maybe three, mm. four times a year. So, yeah. but, and then you have to build a team uh, but around stopping him and, and that team. Here's, here's the question I have. I don't think, and just for the record, I don't think Boston's going to go for it because I think Boston's in the back end of where they need to be and they need to start, they're going to be in the same situation sooner rather than later. Here's here's how I look at the Connor McDavid situation. Yes, everybody, you're right. Anybody would would definitely throw an offer at Edmonton to go get that. The question is, is that how far back does that set your franchise? I mean, this isn't like yeah. in a situation in the early 90s with Lindros where you could throw all this stuff at them and then still get pieces to build with there was no salary cap. You have a salary cap situation. You have prospects, okay? You have draft picks that are going to be involved in this whole thing. It would be out, it would be one of the biggest deals in the NHL history. It'd be it'd be Gretzky level from hundred percent into the Kings. Yeah. Yes. So that that question really comes down to is that you're talking about retooling. Do you have the assets to go after a guy? And if you do, how much is that going to cost you? Because think about think about it not from the Flyers' perspective, from an Edmonton's perspective. What's Edmonton's biggest ace in the hallway? What's their biggest problem right now? It's a goaltending. Goaltending, so yeah. It's going to revolve around Carter Hart. That would be the first thing they're going to ask for is Carter Hart. But no, nothing else, nothing else. So do you want to give up a, a kid who's who's really going to start hitting the stride of his career in the next season or two here and really start being a top premier goaltender, which we have not seen in Philadelphia in a long time? And you're also going to need a top defenseman because defensively they're as weak. So they're going to be asking for like a Provorov and for like a Sandheim. And then offensively, what are they going to need? But they're going to have to replace that production somehow because Drysdale is not going to be that guy. So they're going to probably have to ask for something like a Couturier. Like legitimately, like those are the types of players that you're going to have to throw away in that deal. And you really have to look at it in the mirror and say, okay, is that worth getting probably the best player of this generation in Philadelphia? That's a hard question to ask. And is that is is Chuck Fletcher going to be being okay with that? And is the business going to be the business side? We're going to say, yeah, go ahead and do that. We'll give away Katrina's on that long-term deal. We'll give away Carter Hart and Ivan Provorov, and we'll give away all those pieces because we're going to get Connor McDavid in here. But yet again, you just get Connor McDavid in here. You now you're down a top defenseman. You yep. yes, you did gain top center, and then you're down a goaltender. So where do you, how do you replace that? Like that's, and then you're those back. are the questions you have to ask. Yeah, and then you, in the Flyers' case, I think you would just have Connor McDavid as a, as a, a, in Edmonton again. 
like you wouldn't have real connection. And, that, and that's part of the concern because mm-hmm. I think connecting would be somehow will have to be involved in that deal as well. But you know, I mean, I don't, do you think you think you know Connor McDavid and Travis connecting are going to have a lot of chemistry on the ice? I don't know. I mean, yeah. Dry Settles a shoot first kind of guy, and Connor McDavid's constantly setting him up. You know, I don't know if they have that here. I don't know if they have pieces to build around a guy like Connor McDavid. Clearly, Edmonton does not. They have not drafted well. But how much would you have to tear down your team to go get a guy like that? That's going to be the major question around anything you leave, which kind of puts Edmonton in a tough spot because it's a guy they want to move, but they're not even going to get close to the value. They're what they, they, especially, yeah, especially like he's only halfway through that eight year contract he signed, right? Uh, at a hundred million dollars, yeah. So, and like, it, it's the numbers that's, that's, are going to be very tough. Do teams swallow the pill and say, We'll wait four more seasons and go after him in the, in, in the free agent market? Like, that, I think he'll be. 28 27 at that point yeah Yeah, he'll be 29 he'll be 29 when he hits unrestricted free agency and like i mean yeah i mean he'll get another eight year seven eight year deal like he'll will do that i would do that i i I think i think that's what a lot of teams would do like they would just swallow the pill and then hope that hope that you it's but the sad part is you would also be talking about a guy that would rot in full like not rot literally in terms of skill but rot in terms of frustration and no real contendership yeah. yep. uh, in Connor McDavid for sitting in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada for four years. Like that's unfair. Like that's well, just, that, that's unfair for the player more than well, anybody. Like well, that's really what that's set them back. What set them back really is that they, they should have moved dry settle a year or two ago. Honestly, as yeah. as good as Leon dry settle is, I mean, listen, they they're, they can build and get a lot of pieces for him. Dry settles like an Evgeny Malkin, like really in a sense where like you could get assets from Malkin. He's better on your team, but don't forget Crosby and Malkin are both centers. You got you got dry setter who plays more of the wing. And the thing is with that is that you really could put any any player for the most part with Connor McDavid and they're gonna play very well. I don't it's I like think the, it's, like the, it's like the Simone Gagne effect when he played with Peter Forsberg. Like it just makes other people on the ice better with him. But dry settle is so good and that contract is so big, also, is that they're stuck in a situation like Toronto where they have guys that are eating up so much of the cap and aren't doing anything. So, like, you know, that that do teams really want to be in that situation going forward, but you have assets there. You can move to get better and really like start, like, you know, you'd still not really lose too much space, like too much, too much in the standings. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's why I look at where, yes, like anybody would love to have Connor McDavid on this team. I would love to see Connor McDavid in Philadelphia because it would draw that interest back because he's that Eric Lindros type superstar that this, this team has not had in 20 years. Like, legitimately they have not had a full star player look claude's great don't get me wrong claude is a star player but he's not at the level of these other guys it's a, like a like a patrick kane a Sidney crosby you know yeah. alexander Vetch, he's not in that tier he's not so if you get a guy like connor mcdavid that would be a whole change but the really question comes down to how far does it set you back before that and it's crazy how there's still 41 games going the season we're talking about that i was going to say really, it, that that's the angle you really have to look at now saying okay look he's available what do we do here do we sell the farm now and get assets or do we see what we could do maybe about getting this guy for next season and then figuring it out from there that's why i bring it up now because Halfway through the season, you're already having those conversations because you're 16 points out of the wild card. There's no way you're catching that up at this yep. point, That's especially with being thing. hurt down the middle. So yeah, I I think if it, it, it's the it's almost like the 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 Aaron Rodgers. It's kind of like what the Eagles are dealing with right now. Uh, in, in a way, like you have to decide: is it better to get that one player and build back around them, 
or is it better to stick with your plan? Because I think Chuck Fletcher had a legitimate plan and trying has a has a legitimate plan in trying to build this franchise franchise back to contendership. You saw it this season and just got hindered by 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 injury and just poor play and poor coaching and all that. And I always come back to the you ask yourself, do I rather stick with what I know? I know what Connor McDavid does, or do I stick with the trust that I have in my scouts, my heart, and uh, in my mind, and what I know about hockey to b- build through the draft and get the right players back into this thing and develop that can be almost ready to play. That's the thing too. You have to, you have to improve your scouting department to identify the guys that will say they maybe need a year, maybe a year and a half, but they could play in the NHL today if we needed them. Because I think that's what the mindset has changed to in, in drafting and playing for the, for this, for these, for most of the NHL teams. Now they're drafting for today, not drafting for players to develop in the AHL or in the junior leagues over the next three or five years, they want them within two years. And if they're not, they're a bust. That's why it's concerning that Tyson Forrester, who thankfully is back on the ice and he's in Voorhees, I believe. Oh, wow. uh, That he's recovered. He's uh, rehabbing that shoulder surgery that he had. And we're coming up on that five month timeline. So it's like, do you hope that Tyson Forrester is on the roster next year? You don't know because he's been hurt. So it's he he's missed a year of development now. And again, it comes back to health and, and how poorly this season has gone from the top on down in terms of players uh, in the system on how well this team has gone. And well, it's been a mitigated disaster. As Claude Giroux said, you've hit rock bottom at this point. You just got blown out by the other worst team in the league. <laughs> yeah, and it's like... But have we? Have we hit rock bottom? Like, uh, I, there's it could get so much worse. It could go down to 20 games. Who knows? It, it's, like, it seems like that. And by sheer luck, through, they have to win one. Yeah, we are halfway through the season. 41 games have, in. And, and, like, and there's nothing exciting. Or like Carter Hart is ex, as exciting as he is as as he has been over these last three years. His his bounce back year from last year uh, has been very respectable, but it's been overshadowed by just what is happening in front of him. And that's why his shoulders are starting to slump. Yep. And it's, it's concerning because you don't want to kill the kid's confidence. Like you don't want to be a good goaltender on a losing team. You're yeah. going to get into, you know, there's been, there's been a lot of goalies over the years who have been good goalies on bad teams. And it's, it's unfortunate, but Carter Hart does not want to do that either. But again, the benefit of that is that he's still a young goaltender where you have some time to really build around him. If you're, it, it, it really, this is why it's so crucial for the Flyers to figure out what they're doing next season now. Yes, you're 41 games in and, and you still have 41 games to play and the season's over. Like, it's over. Like, mathematically, you're not eliminated yet, but for all intents and purposes, it's over. When you're down two centers, when you're trading your captain, when you're talking about trading guys off the blue line, you know, your goaltending has been good. Listen, this is what's crazy, man. That your goaltending is they've relied on it too much. And this is what's crazy. Martin Jones, okay? Listen to this. He's got a nine, he's got a 902 save percentage. So he's yeah. stopping 90% of his shots. His goal sketch average is 3.52, which tells me seeing so many shots in the game is that I think that you have bigger problems than just, you know, just this season. I mean, Part of it was the, I think it started going a little bit bad with the whole Ryan L situation, not having pro Rob a partner. And I think yep. that has a lot to do with the team really has to look at that one hard and say, okay, pro Rob's not a one. He needs a guy to play with him to be better. 
like we did Niskanen because he had the best season of his career when Niskanen played. Do you really want to trade away something like that or figure that out? But Carter Hart has a 9-11 and a 2.9 goals against average on one of the worst teams in the league. So you're telling me he's your best player so far, which means that's a guy you really want to build around. And if you're really going to, you know, retool and rebuild, that's a conversation that you want to have with him. Because I believe at this point, I think with Carter's contract, he, he it doesn't buy into free agency. So he's probably still restricted after that, that case. So, or maybe he might be entering unrestricted free agency. The question is, is that how are you building this team going forward? And I know you mentioned the thing about Chuck Fletcher being the guy. Yeah, I, 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 it goes I, back I, to what Anthony Sanfilippo said last week. He said something where he doesn't really have that interested, you know, that 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 force that 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 you know, some personality or some grit on the team is that you really trust him to rebuild the entire franchise with that. Yeah, you know, they don't want him to be meh. So that that's what it comes down to is that where do they? What type of players do they want on this team? Where do they want to go with it? And are they doing a retooling like they did in after 0607? And, you know, after, after a couple of years, seasons ago and like 11, 12, and, you know, after they did the Carter, the, the Carter and Richards trade, they yeah. the retooling there, I, or are you doing a full tear down and rebuild like you'd have to do after 14, 15? So that's the question. And that's what I mean. And, and even 14, 15 didn't feel like a full tear down. Like it, it's this half-assed attempt at trying to stay in contendership while also rebuilding through the draft. And it's like for all the, the, not as I, as Anthony put it in, it wasn't revisionist history, but like for all of the uh, the gripe that now the Ron Hextall era is getting, especially now that the the rumors come out with um, uh, um, why am I blanking on the the well Moran was the the I'm sorry with the Nico Heischer and the Nolan Patrick draft. That's that I'm oh, getting the car situation. Yeah, yeah. The camel yeah. car situation. I'm getting my, my players mixed up. Cause we watched, we watched, I watched flight plan that uh, Anthony. Uh, you watched, went back and watched it. I yeah. watched with the Sam yeah. Moran stuff, but anyway, so like for all the grievance that he's now getting at least, Ch- at least Ron Hextall stuck to what he thought was the best method to sticking with uh, th- building this team back to contendership. It blew up on his face clearly because the draft the draft picks are not shaking out to what we thought. All I want from Fletcher is what is his plan if he has to tear this whole thing down. Now he tried to do a re- his plan was admirable at the time. We were both fine with it in this offseason, but you took risks of players that were injury prone. Ryan Ellis, who has seven years left or six years left on his contract, and you're stuck with him. Thankfully, it's a little cap friendly. It's cap friendly to you. It's only around $6 million, if I remember correctly. So it's like, if Chuck Fletcher has a plan, I'm willing to hear it out. Right. But I, there's no indication that we can see a plan that goes to the level of stripping it down and just starting from the bottom and working your way back up. And that's right. the concern that I have with Fletcher and why I don't know if he is the guy. I, I think you just got to... The whole thing has to be uprooted. Ownership, coaching, because Mike Yo is not the guy. Because it, it, no. it, the team is clearly still – Mike Yo has his different system than Navy and Michelle Terrian, but it's still the same problems because yeah. it's the players. Yeah. Now, yeah. It, and, and you, you, the, the, easy, the easy player to point to is Claude Giroux, but you can, we, we, we're pro – we're a pro, pro Claude Giroux podcast, and we can't – you cannot put all the blame on – clawed in my eyes and it's like there's nothing 
uh, below Claude that has been efficient enough to make your back in tender contendership. So just, just, just blow it all up and you got to start from the bottom and, and yeah. work your you got to figure out where you're going to go from here. And I think that's critical again, at this point. Cause again, you can rebuild yourself to a respectable team in two to three years in today's NHL. It's not this long droning process of five years plus. It's not because as long as 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 long as it's taken Buffalo, and it's a shame that it's Buffalo because again, it's an ownership problem, not a more than anything. Excuse me, it's more of an ownership problem because of the, the Buffalo Sabers have an incredible fan base. Yeah. They, when Buffalo is good, the NHL benefits. When the Flyers are good, the NHL benefits. Correct. When Columbus is good, no one gives a shit. <laughs> Like, it's so true. It, it's true. Only because Columbus we, gives a shit. You know only I mean? Columbus. Like Buffalo, the Flyers, the Philadelphia region, um, Boston, New York, uh, Edmonton, and Calgary and Winnipeg. Like these big market, mid-market teams that have uh, hard on their sleeves fan bases, they have they are what's driving the Stanley Cup ratings in the yeah. finals. And in, in the final, when their team is out of it because they have one – they're on the list for when Nielsen releases or whoever it is that they use is releasing their standings. So if they have a good Buffalo team, a good Philadelphia team, that it, it's good for the league. It will take you two to three years to rebuild this franchise. I can guarantee it. Yeah, probably. You're, you're not you're not off in your assessment at all. And it's the truth is that, you know, the unfortunate thing for the NHL right now as a whole is that there's a lot of teams in I wouldn't say bad markets, but not premier markets. Like Tampa's yes. really good. Florida's really good. Like, yep. you know, Dallas is pretty has, has been decent. You know, LA has been playing very well. Anaheim has been playing very well. Yes, Los Angeles is a huge market, but everybody out east where really all the big money is at, nobody's watching those games. So, like, for instance, when it comes down to playoff time, like your big players aren't going to be there. So, like, you have like Connor McDavid, which they're trying to push for a playoff spot. They're near the bottom of the division or four points out of a wild card, but that's a problem. Calgary's playing pretty well, but again, you know, now it's Canadian. It's very centralized. Your markets like the Rangers, luckily are doing well. You know, the, the Rhode Islanders, as you said, before, the, the Rhode podcast, Islanders, the, yeah. yeah, the New York Islanders, they, um, they're having a really tough season, Boston. Yes. They're in the second wild card, but I look at Boston. I don't think Boston's prepared to do a deep run again in the playoffs. I think they've passed their, they passed that, that stage. They're past their prime. Yeah. yeah P- Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's doing well. You know, but they're also at the same time with Pittsburgh is that it's a bigger market. They're they're more noticeable because they have Crosby and, and Malkin on the team, but I don't think they're prepared to go for a deep run of the playoffs. And if they do, they're they're not they're that's not gonna be they're gonna kind of outmatch towards the end of it. Um, because their their defense is suspect and their goaltending isn't that great. So th- that's that's part of the part of the problem that the league has as a whole is that the top markets that should be performing aren't like Vancouver's in a bad spot. Chicago's in a bad spot. They're outside looking in. Like, you know, you have like Vegas while they're doing well. Vegas, it seems to me, it's very transient. So, like, we have a lot of, yeah, you know, it's 100%. a very transient league. It's, Car- it's why Carolina is why Carolina marketing with a bunch of jerk stuff. And right. I think they're still doing it, if I'm not mistaken. Like, that is a great ploy, but they, they, they're trans Raleigh, North Carolina is a transplant city. Correct. Las Vegas, transplant city. Like, the all yeah. Las, or, uh, Los Angeles transplant city right in hollywood and california and all that yeah. crap and like, like but- they need consistent people that will never leave those cities like because people don't leave philadelphia once you're here you're stuck here 
And once you I move agree. out, you come back somehow. Like I agree. It, it's, so yeah. And here and here's a crazy thing to look at when you look at the, the wild card so far is that Boston is only three points behind Toronto for third in the Atlantic. Yeah. So like you have Toronto, like like because they're far behind Florida and Tampa Bay, who are, have eight points on them. They're teetering a little bit where I don't think anybody would catch them. Like, I don't think Detroit would catch, uh, catch Toronto. They're 11 points back, but that, that they're teetering on wildcard positioning there. So like that was a team was supposed to be, that's supposed to be really good this year. They were supposed to win the cup as they're supposed to every year. So listen, when, when you're, when your top markets aren't performing as they should, it's not good for the league. Look, if you have a final again, where it's like Tampa Bay versus Anaheim, you know, who's going to watch that? Tampa, Tampa Bay, Bay and Anaheim. Anaheim. That's yeah. it. Nobody else is going to watch it. So that's, that's kind of the sticking point the league is in right now because their bigger money makers aren't really performing. And thankfully, I mean, not thankfully, but what's going to be curious is what the ratings will be now that we're on the Disney family. We're in ABC, yeah. we're on TNT and Turner Sports yep. and all that, ESPN. So that's going to be, this is going to be, they have a little bit of leeway here because they're going to figure out what the, what the new ratings are under this new umbrella of distribution between yeah. ESPN and TNT. So it'll be interesting. That's for sure. It will be, will be. I mean, so. You know, it, it's an, this is where it's at. When you, when, when your team in your city sucks, you look at all these different things and it makes you look at it a little differently because, you know, yes, the Ranger fans are very happy right now. It's a huge market to have a good first place team in, but Carolina, like, like Carolina is a great hockey team. They're a great hockey team. Yeah. Nobody really gives a shit about Carolina. Yep. Like, no one cares about Carolina. No one gives a shit about Columbus. Don't. Like they're not big yep. markets. Like nope. so that no one gives a shit about Dallas. Sadly, da like yep. Dallas is a fun team. But no one yeah, cares. Yeah, yeah. Like, no one cares. Yep. Yep. So it's yep. it's one of the reasons that you can argue that the NHL just has simply too many teams, but they're not gonna yeah, they're not gonna fold. Argument. Yeah, that's, that's another a, argument. That's, a, here that's, there. that's an off season argument. Thankfully, yes. we're in the off season. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we're halfway through the season, we're already forty one games, and we're in the off season. So, well, we've hit the bottom of the, the rock bottom of this podcast. We're at the end here. Thank you so much for listening. I mean. It, it can't get much worse, right? Like, it, it can it get worse? You're Give already eliminated call. 41 games in. So, yeah, yeah it, it's not going to get much worse. The only thing that could be worse is that if they get, like, a third-round draft pick for Claude Giroux, that's it. Yeah, that like, that, that now we're that, that's really what we're on. We're on Claude Watch. Like, yeah. what, what? how is this going to shake out? We're on just a general trade watch, but the big marquee one is obviously going to be what do they get for Claude Giroux, and it needs to be a haul, as you said, like right. the Forsberg. And, and and the like so that that's where it's at shoot us a shoot us an email give us a follow at orange at gmail.com twitter facebook instagram youtube all that good stuff even tiktok at o backcheck on twitter orange backcheck on all your other stuff thank you so much for listening we'll catch you guys next week you can't say we're better than buffalo anymore god damn it <laughs>